spent a lifetime in and around these waters. He never tired of watching a landwalker, as he referred to anyone not from the Aleutian Islands, get seasick on his boat. Although this baby isn't really your boat now, is it, Jack? He told himself. Supposed to pick up steam over the next 12 to 18 hours after that, should dramatically drop off in intensity. I'd say we're back out in open water within 24 hours. And if it weren't for your weak constitution, we'd still be out on the water. After years of running a crab boat out of Dutch Harbor, Jack Dawson had retired, only to be hired by North American to skipper their latest research vessel built with cutting-edge oil and satellite exploration technology. It carried self-contained, standalone servers and closed networks. It was designed especially for these frigid waters, with a reinforced hull and a sloping bow to force ice down and away from the ship. Its current mission was to test the communications, navigation, and satellite research capabilities on board in all weather conditions. The captain knew that Colin Davies had developed some of the software, thus his required presence, and he was also reported to be close friends with one of North American's CEOs, which was why Jack enjoyed giving him so much grief. A landwalker and a suit in disguise. Colin nodded and started to speak, but a sudden gust of wind rattled the wheelhouse as a wave crashed into the side. He slipped on the shifting floor. As he fell, he grabbed the back of the co-pilot's chair. The chair turned on its pedestal and, as if mocking him, shook off his hand, spinning him to the deck. He slammed down on his haunches, his legs splayed out in front of him. Jack laughed out loud. Are you having fun yet? God damn it, Colin shouted. He struggled to his feet. I'm going down to the galley with Tom and the rest of the crew. Enjoy the storm. As Jack watched in bemusement, Colin turned and carefully exited down the steep stairs from the bridge to the main deck. Blessed silence, he muttered to himself. He sat in his chair and stared out the window. Night had finally fallen. He watched the swirling rain envelop his boat. He turned around to look back at the stern, intending to confirm that the mini-sub had not shifted on the open deck aft of the wheelhouse. A sudden movement on the main deck just below his observation window caught his attention. He was certain he'd seen a dark figure vanish under the overhang near the hatch to the main structure. Who the hell went outside on the deck without telling me? As Jack Dawson moved to the staircase, he heard the hatch open, followed by a loud whooshing as the wind fought to enter the boat. It was followed by a dull thump as the hatch was secured behind the reckless crew member. Hey, which one of you guys is that? he called out. Next time you get suicidal and decide to take a stroll outside, you better friggin' let me know, okay? No answer. You hear me down there? Still no response. The sound of quickly moving soft footsteps echoed up the stairwell. What the hell? Jack walked over to the head of the stairs and peered into the darkness below. What he saw froze him in his tracks, and his mind took a snapshot in time. A black shadow in the shape of a man stood on the stairs, its right arm pointed accusatorily at him. The whites of his eyes blazed at Jack out of the darkness. But it wasn't the eyes that grabbed Jack's attention. It was the black pistol in the man's hand, a menacing shape that ended in a long cylinder with a tiny opening. Oh, no. He heard a soft thwap as the weapon fired point-blank into his body. 
A heavy punch hit his chest and he staggered backward, as much from the shock as from the pain. He fell against the stack of radio equipment behind his chair and slumped to the floor. As his attacker stood over him, Captain Jack Dawson's last thought was, Who the hell are you? And then, nothing. Part 1. The Last Frontier Chapter 1. Khartoum, Sudan Namir Badawi absently studied the Nile River through his office window, lost in his thoughts. A mid-afternoon storm was building to the south. A statuesque figure with a slim build and bald head, he watched the roiling clouds move toward the Republican palace. But his thoughts were focused on a different type of storm, one aimed directly at the heart of his suffering country. After nearly four decades...